Welcome back, Rebels, to another episode of Creative Thinking. Hi. This time we're with Camilla Ainsworth. Yes. Hello, guys. And we're going to be answering your questions. So the first question that we've got is, I really like this question. So how do you balance working on growing your business with working in it? So and who's that from? So that is from shout out to cheeky shout out Mark Smith one seven zero two. So this is hard. I think this this um, element in business, you're so kind of caught up in working in it and doing all the jobs yeah. that you're not actually looking for opportunities and trying to progress the business. But I would say you've got to allocate a certain amount of time in a week to really call it an opportunity day Mm -hmm. so instead of doing the jobs that anyone can do in your business um, take a step back and just look at new opportunities and try and grow the business on that day of the week and then you can build it to two days three days once you've got a workforce that you trust to do the working in your business yeah when we started like there's definitely like a point where because it used to be like David and I used to go out yeah. painting all the time and like we'd be some of the main painters and it got to a stage and I was just like, I can't be out painting all the time because I've got so much like SEO to do, marketing stuff, website things that I don't have time to be out every day doing this. I need to just like stop doing that and concentrate more on the business. And it kind of got to a stage where we had to just be like, I'm not going to paint anymore unless it's like an emergency thing that I kind of have to come in on. It's like I've my time needs to be spent on kind of helping the business grow instead of just being in it all the time. Otherwise, we're just going to stagnate. Because I think you spend a lot of time, I know I do at the moment, firefighting. So mm-hmm. because you're trying to do everything, so you're trying to do every little task, everything gets done quite mediocre. And then you're trying to firefight and then you're actually like, oh my gosh, like I've not done anything to grow the business in at least like a couple of weeks. And in that time, you don't know what you compet. Obviously, focus on yourself, but your competitors probably have a team and they probably spend days aggressively developing their business. So you don't want to take your eye off the ball by just trying to run it every day that's something i struggle with i'll hold my hands up i think as well like if your business is kind of seasonal dependent like for example as kind of the first part of the year when it's a bit colder outside rainier less people want graffiti artists because they're like they don't think about things outside whereas we generally get a bit more offices around then but it's generally january february a bit quieter so if you don't put in that time leading up to that to start getting yourself ready and kind of set meetings up and kind of get prepared when it comes to that quieter period. And if you're, you're spending all your time is just like going and doing this stuff, then there's no stuff coming in. So it's real kind of like preparation and the balance I think is really important. So I really like what you said about if you're just one person doing it, being able to split your day or split your week up into different sections of like growing and being in it. But yeah, and then as you get bigger, you can employ people to do the other jobs that stop you growing. Yeah, human behaviour is interesting, isn't it? Because we deal with what's in front of us and sometimes that can just become so overwhelming that you're only dealing with what's in front of you. And when it comes to the future opportunities, I like that you called it an opportunity day. It's that old saying of like the the seeds that you plant today will be the tree you're sat under in five years' time. Mm -hmm. And so everything that you're doing now, if it doesn't have an immediate payoff, it's difficult to focus time for that because you can't see the results. Whereas your day-to-day, you've got a tick list and at the end of the day you say, I've done everything on my list today. But by not doing those those future things that don't have an immediate payoff, 
you're hurting your your future yeah. business. Yeah, that's so true. There was a quote that I read recently and it was choose what you want most over what you want now. So people want to see results now, like impatience. And mm-hmm. if you want, you know, quick capital, like you can get that, but where are you going to be in five years time, like you say, you've got to plant the seeds that you won't see for a while by doing these opportunity days, but eventually you will. And that's what you want most. And it's less impulsive and it's a less impulsive yeah. way to work. I think as well, like if you are having a, if you've got a business where you are firefighting the whole time, if you don't start planting those seeds for the future, you're going to spend your whole life firefighting. Mm. You're never going to get out of that. It's playing a real long game of like, if you spend time investing in growing your business a little bit all the time, it accumulates and you get that kind of compound interest Mm. of that keeps growing and keeps growing and keeps growing. And then in like five or 10 years, you'll be in a situation where all these things will just come to you and you won't have to go and get it because of all the work you put in leading up to that. Exactly, like we were saying about my T-shirt, do bits, do small bits every day and they accumulate to the big things, don't they? But no one ever appreciates the small little bits, but they're the bits that count the most. I'm saying the word bits so many times. (laughs) I think as well, in terms of that opportunity day, if you've got a business where you can't, have a full day to do it maybe allocate an hour or two every day to that Mm. so say before you open your emails that morning you're going to you're going to send sort of before you like start kind of fighting the fires start kind of planting your seeds and have a few hours every morning to plant the seeds and i find that the the opportunity bit is the easiest thing to kind of procrastinate on like that's something that I always do I'm like oh I'll do that on this day and then it gets that day and I'm like no I need to keep firefighting but I need to be really strong with myself now because I've got a few email addresses that could be gold dust you know and lead me into new um, pastures but it's something that I really struggle with personally I think it's because you don't see an initial reward of it whereas if you're like firefighting you're like cool I've done that here's the money boom we're done Mm. whereas if you're planting a seed there's no like well, money's not going to pop in your bank account tomorrow. So it's a real hard one to battle with because you need to play that long game. You need to have that patience and realise that if you want your business to last a long time, you need to do that, plant the seeds. I think in the early days is something that all three of us know. Don't expect that you're going to be clocking off at 6pm. And and so if you're starting your own business, especially that first year and even the first three years are going to be sleepless nights you're going to be yeah you're going to be working till one o'clock in 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 the morning and even though by working to that you're not going to be at your optimum best because not everyone works well uh, when they've had been working for the past 12 hours straight but but it's what's necessary is what has to has to go in so if when you are doing those long days it's it's about zoning those times knowing when you're going to be most productive and so you can work on the stuff that's going to take the most brain power during the time when you know you're going to have the most brain power and then leaving the the easier tasks because yeah. a lot of people will tick off the easy things first but it's like if you leave those to maybe the end of the day when you don't have to think too much about them, then so replying to comments on social media, that's that is something that does have to be done. But you don't have to do it when you're like in flow state and you're you're exactly. chipper and you're alive. Mm. You can just do that as you're dozing off in bed. Yeah. And I think I be really sensible with that because if you do wake up and you've got loads of energy, don't spend that time to reply to social media comments. Like, yeah, be strategic with it. Because they can sometimes drain you. Exactly, yeah. It's like, oh, weird, weird, weird. But, you know, yeah, yeah, it does have to be done. And I didn't used to do that, actually, because I was I was like, oh, I'm so busy, I can't reply to comments. And then um, you kind of notice your engagement going down or whatever. And I always think when I comment on someone's photo, 
you know, it's nice, even if you don't know them, nice to reply. And that's yeah. what I've started to really try and do. But it does, it does take a while. Uh, but it's it builds more of a community on your socials, doesn't it? Exactly. And I have noticed that that's kind of had a positive effect on both my socials and Milk Pluses, um, which is really good. But last time we were speaking about the hustle culture, weren't we? And how we get in trouble for, you know, promoting this hustle culture, um, so to speak. And I get so many messages from people who just think business is so glam. And I'm literally like, it is not glam at all. Like, in the slightest, it really isn't. And it's about changing perceptions on that. I feel like it's really necessary. Otherwise, you know, people are going to have this uh, distorted view of business. It's hard work, but none of us would change it. That's the thing. It's really yeah. hard work, but you, it's ultimately rewarding. So, yeah, yeah go definitely. for it. See where you can take yourself. So let's have a look. Another business question. How do you know when it's time to move on to your next career move? So that's Joe Hops underscore. So I would say if you're not waking up in the morning feeling energised and excited for the day ahead, then you're missing out. I feel like you could be doing something that does give you that feeling uh, if you're a go-getter. Um, and I feel like if you're kind of clock watching, you don't want to do that. If you're living for the weekends, that's how you know it's time to make a change. And there's so many people, don't know if it's just Costa del Blackburn or if it's everywhere, but people complain about their jobs and then do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of my biggest pet hates, actually. And I've... I have to bite my tongue sometimes. But what do you guys think on that question from Joe Hobbs? 100% agree. Mm. You already know. Yeah. You already yeah. know. Exactly. Like, it's like an innate air. feeling, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, people want that permission for someone else to say to them, yes, you can go. Mm. Whereas, yeah, if you're not happy, if every day you don't wake up thinking like, oh, I can't wait to go and do this. Mm. But, here's, but here's where I have empathy, is that I know how fucking hard it is. And I know when you are in that job and you've got rent to pay and the the alternative is uncertain that's where that's where the resistance comes is because i'm i'm currently i hate this it's boring as fuck however i can afford my bills and i can pay my rent and whatever so and, and people feel like they can't do anything else as well so if you've been in a career for say 15 years and you hate it Maybe you've sent some CVs to other places to try and get jobs, but you can't get that because you've yeah. not got the experience. For and this it. is the bullshit that society has perpetuated to make you believe. Like, you can change career at any point. You can use the internet to learn anything. And if you want to, like, whatever you want to do in life, you can do. We had a, we were having a really good chat the other day about how people don't really realise what else they can do and how transferable their skills are. So if you got, if you wrote down all the things you're good at on like a piece of paper, like these are my top five attributes and then gave them to someone else and said, what job do you think someone with these attributes could do? Then you might get so many different ideas that you never would have come up with yourself. That's a good idea, actually. And another thing that is so scary is when people do the same job. So at least this guy, I've forgotten his name already. Joe, Joe Hobbs. Oh, you're good, Joe Hops. Okay. Because he hops from career to career. Love that. Boom, you're already boom. thinking of things to remember him by. So he's already onto it. Whereas some people just wait around for life to come good. And this was another book that I read recently. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but Snow White Syndrome. So you just lie. So there's a, we all know the tale of Snow White who sits um, in a glass cabinet waiting to be saved by a prince. Cinderella. Um, 
Well, it's Snow White as well, though. Because, yeah. you know, oh, at the end, well. in the, yeah. you need to brush up on your fairy tales, oh, love. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> he was quick to uh, correct. Actually, I, was like, I think you'll find it Cinderella. Oh, yeah. Goodness me, shots fired. So, <laughs> anyway, I'm right. I just apologise. Yeah. Um, so, we all know the tale. Some of us know the tale <laughs> of Snow White, who sits in a glass cabinet waiting to be saved. And it's basically says that like a lot of society is made up this way they people kind of wait around for life to come good you know they want a pay rise at work but they're not willing to put in the hours they want solid family relationships but they won't put the time in mm. and it's kind of like life rewards action contrary to popular belief good things don't happen to those who wait around for to be saved life rewards action that's the only way that you're gonna get out of it so it is just a case of you know you don't want to get to 70 years old and think oh i wish i'd have done that but so many people are so joe is you know doing the doing it the right way he's starting to question whether it's a time for his career change and a lot more people should i think another important thing to look at though is um those people that are constantly hopping from job to job and career to career and i think there's there's a balance because I think some people don't have enough grit or determination and they just they just flit from job to job. Um, we've all met people that have had like six jobs in the last year. And it's like pick something and put your all into it yeah. and yeah. then and then decide. Yeah, I Definitely. think that's key. But I think by moving around, there's no shame in moving around a lot. If you're if you still not found what you want to do, like Sarah Malcolm, who we had on yesterday, had so many different jobs until she found the one that clicked. And then now she's in like her dream job yeah. Marie Forleo did as well and she said she always had this voice as she says in her book she always yeah. had this voice in the back of her head that was like this is not right this is not what you should be doing mm-hmm. so listen to trust your own gut and your own instinct but I think we people are very good at shutting that voice down and saying oh no well my mum said that I've, I've got to get a proper career and and yeah. and it's also so people aren't finding their dream jobs till later on in life now yeah. and I feel like like you said there's no shame in it it's almost like society has imposed these timelines you know you should have your shit together by 30 like newsflash no one has yeah. their shit together at 30 or even like 40 like what are these timelines about I'm feeling it quite a lot with like you know people saying you need to settle down like have babies I'm like I have goats I don't need babies (laughs) like you know it's all about your choices and I just hate the kind of timelines that people impose on us I just don't think it's right or in any way beneficial for anyone to go about and abide by these things I think if you are in a job and you can't afford to leave and you're in this you feel stuck like start this that's the time to start something on the side like start if maybe go down to four days a week at work or do like a nine day fortnight and use that extra spare time to start trying new things. Like yeah. if you still don't know what you want to do, just try loads of stuff. Like and give it a, f- a full good go, as David said before, yeah. and see if you like it. Because it's like some people like the idea of running a business, but then have, have never done it. Mm-hmm. And when they actually start doing it, they might hate it. So it's like give it a go, like set up a little thing, doesn't matter what it is. And like even if it's just like buying stuff like from car boot sales and trying to sell it. Like just try doing that for a bit and see how that goes and if you enjoy it. And Yeah. yeah. I'm meeting a lot of people at the moment that 
And it's really kind of sticking out to me that when you say to them like, oh, what are you, like, what are you passionate about? Because that's like, when it comes to a, like a networking situation, I tend to ask like, instead of what do you do, what are you passionate about? Mm. Because I think that's a better yeah, way of, because like we all have this kind of standard thing. Oh, like I'm a, I'm a painter or whatever it is that yeah. you do. Whereas what you're passionate about could actually be very different to what you do. Yeah, um, especially because I, oh, sorry, it really annoys me when you meet someone who's works in finance or something and you meet them and like, oh, so what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm, work, I'm, I'm boring. I only work in, I only work in finance. Yeah. And it's like, don't start with that, which is I think that's why if you go in with your passionate, yeah. then they might say, oh, well, I'm massively into cricket or something. Yeah. And then you can, you see them get fired up about it. Whereas, exactly. Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? If you're like, oh, I'm very boring. Yeah. Like then people are going to write you off before yeah. you've even had a conversation with them. And it's human nature, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been on a date in a very long time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, when, when you'd go on a date and like, and if someone's, bored about what they do then you're bored by it mm. and you're just like oh yeah. god vicarious boredom um, what should we what should we yeah. talk about now then because <laughs> the this is a real fucking yeah. Yeah. yeah you can tell can't you people's faces change it's like quite it can be a sensitive topic work yeah uh, and it shouldn't be it should be like i want people to feel how i feel when i wake up in the morning and obviously i get you know a little bit i, I don't like using the word stress but sometimes it's overwhelming mm -hmm. but when it's going good it's going so, you know it's great it's such a great feeling and that's what i want like people to try but like you said, you know, side hustles are a good place to start because there's a lot of people that just go straight into it with no like experience or anything and then they just expect it to work because they've yeah. read a book that I've recommended and then it's my fault that it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It is tough. Um, there's no... I get going on to books I get a lot of people saying like what books do you recommend and I think some people think that if they read the books and the answers become obvious but it's how you use the books and kind of that way because there's a girl who buys every book that I put on my story she's got like big piles of them and um, it's so lovely to see but it's it, it, and she's like oh I just don't understand how I can you know apply it when I haven't yeah. yet found my business I think like you can read as many books as possible but unless you've actually tried it like yeah. You'll never she, know. As soon as she starts, that's when she'll be like, oh, yeah. I've, I, she'll come up against a hurdle and she'll be like, oh, I've read yeah. about this already. I know what to do here. But she's kind of waiting until she's read all the books to start. Yeah. And I'm like, she, no, go now, go yeah. now. You can't ever read all the books. No, exactly. Yeah. There will always like, be more. <laughs> and I'll always be catching her with more books that I'm yeah. buying and that she can stock up at. So if you stop telling people to buy books, <laughs> maybe she'll start I know, a business. yeah, see, it's all my fault. <laughs> all this, I mean, in the it? beginning, when we were working our business, we didn't have time to read any books. No. And I mean, it was a it was a different time. There weren't as many business books yeah. as there maybe are now. Well, but. I think when we started, we weren't in the mindset to read books. Yeah. Whereas I think that's been over the last few years has taken a lot more importance, and we've realised the absolute the huge benefit from it. Yeah. Whereas when we started, we were just like, just start. Yeah. And going on Google to try and find the answers to questions that we yeah. didn't know. And like when we started, David Googled how to start a business and <laughs> print a business card was the thing that came up. So yeah. we just did, did that. that. Yeah. yeah, I've only just started getting into my reading again. I used to read lots when I was younger, but always fiction books, boy meets girl, chick flick, that type of thing. And I didn't read any books until probably like summertime and I just thought I need a different way to switch off at night because I was going through social media replying to comments and that but it was keeping me awake so I thought I need to change something here so then I started to read and I started seeing the effects of reading and now I haven't looked back I'm a real bookworm I have to say. How do you find reading in the evening because I find if I do 
businessy books in the evening I don't sleep as well because I'm just thinking about yeah. I get too many ideas it does get me fired up and I do go to bed very late I'm a night owl and I'm always like scribbling things out I've got like a little highlighter pen yeah. for my books and and I've just started doing a thing on Instagram actually where I read a book and then I do a competition for people to win the book which has gone down really well because it's something unusual like they've got all my notes scribbled all over the yeah. place but it's very I'm doing my bit for the environment you know um, but it is it does fire me up. I will. I will admit that probably just as much as going on my phone, but I feel like it's more. It's, it's a better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I feel like I'm a walking, talking book quote. I'm like, and this, and this. I read yeah. this the other day. I think it's really important that you do highlight stuff and do that because lots of people will just read a book, and it will just be gone, and they're trying to remember everything. Whereas I feel like if you actually write stuff down, like I've got a little notepad that if I'm listening to an audio book, I'll take notes yeah. because if I don't do that, I won't fully remember it or I'll just take really little bits from here and there. Whereas actually like physically writing it or highlighting or having something that kind of makes like a more of a physical link to it yeah. makes you remember it so much better. Cause it's like if you were at school, you would write and take notes because yeah. that's effectively what you're doing. You're training yourself in personal development and business. So you need to treat it like you're at school and take those notes and study it. Exactly, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Right, so we've got one from stephanie.simpson.x. What is the hardest thing about being in business and why? P.S. You are so inspirational. Kiss, how cute, Stephanie. You are on the Christmas card list. <laughs> um, so what is the hardest thing about being in business? Um, I mean, it's getting hard to come up with an Instagram handle now, isn't it, without adding X's yeah, and very difficult. dots and things like that. Poor Stephanie's been done dirty because there's clearly been someone that's... I like a, a slick one, you know, when there's yeah. no X's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no underscores. Yeah. Sorry, Stephanie. You love a URL one. Yes, <laughs> exactly. What's yours? Yours is like Rebels Create, isn't Rebels it? Rebels Create, yeah. Strong, yeah. that's all right. It's okay. It's not ideal, though. Creative Rebels would have been better, but that's been yeah. taken. Oh, has it? If you're out there at Creative Rebels, yeah. <laughs> give, give it over. Yeah. Now? Because um, Creative Rebels on Twitter is not being used. It's it's taken, but it's not being used. It's just sitting there dead. Oh, I hate that's that. so annoying. That's like yeah. Milk Plus Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed, I've had to stick an extra S on the end on Milk Plus Twitter. Because someone, when it was announced that I was an apprentice candidate, someone went on Twitter and created Milk Plus. And I messaged them and I was like, you, like, can I have this? Because I've got the trademark. Anyway, he was like, I'm a dairy farmer, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, why are you spelling it M-Y-L-K? And then in his bio, says protecting my brand from apprentice wannabes <gasps> burn literally and still hasn't given it me back i've reported it a million times but never mind an extra s never hurt anybody so what's the hardest part of running a business oh yeah sidetrack sorry <laughs> sorry steph um so the hardest part of running a business so i think it's changed so at the start it was probably managing my time because you're self-employed you've got no one to motivate you no one to kind of tell you what you're doing on a given day and people ask me all the time like what does the day look like for you and it doesn't look the same and um at first you know that was quite uncomfortable but i always say you know you, you've got to if you're going to be running a, your own business you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. Um, so at the start, it was definitely not having any structure and creating a structure. And then I would say now the hardest thing is kind of juggling everything so that you something in your life isn't getting neglected. So for me, like family, mm. try you know, sometimes I won't make as much effort as I probably should. Friends, my circle, I can probably like count on like I probably only have like three very close friends. So I would say that is the hardest thing because you do sometimes you can feel like you're sacrificing a lot for not 
a lot of return at the time, but then you've just got to see the bigger picture. What about you guys? What do you think the hardest thing is? I think because we've been going for nine years, if there was anything that was still particularly hard at this stage, then we'd be doing something wrong and we'd feel like that's not to say that it's not challenging, but there's nothing that I, there's nothing I dread really, or that I, that I hate. Um, I think over the, as, as your business grows over the years, things will change. And for us, because we've got quite a lot of staff, that becomes a really major thing is, is looking after staff and making sure they're happy within their roles and they're feeling fulfilled. And I mean, I have like a, a really audacious goal of I want everyone that works to us to one day be able to get on the property ladder, yeah. which means like in order for that to happen, they've all got to be earning like, I mean, 60,000 a year plus. Yeah. And to, in order to bring in a payroll that it, like that means we've got some big fucking goals to hit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that means definitely. we really have to grow. Mm. Um, but that's something that I really want. And yeah, so so that's that's challenging is obviously like bringing in enough customers. Yeah. Um, that's challenging, but it's not something that that I don't enjoy. No. There's nothing that, yeah, that really like that, that gets me down that I'm like, oh, I hate this or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I think just as the business grows, the responsibilities of other people grow. Like when you're starting something, it's just yourself. If you make a mistake or you don't do something or like, oh, I'm just going to lay in today, then it's only you who's going to suffer. Yeah. But as the business grows, you've got more responsibility for all your staff and to make sure that they get paid at the end of the month. So you, if you decide to slack off, then loads of other people are going to suffer from that. Yeah. It's like being, I suppose, if you're a politician, you better be at work every day because so many people's lives are in your hands. Yeah. No, that's true. And it, it is the same for me, like as because I've only been going, I've had a retail ready product since January. The hardest part is managing the people that you kind of have in the team and then also finding the people in the first place, I think is really hard. And that's one of the hardest things for because you, you think you, you're never going to find the perfect person because the, the only other person that's going to care as much is another version of you and yeah. you're not going to find that. Yeah, so No one's ever going to care as much about your business as you do. Never, ever. So that, to me, is the hardest thing. Like, I hired another Camilla. <laughs> like, I I always joke about it. I only hire Camillas, obviously. That's her name not Camilla? The, her name is Camilla. <laughs> so that we can go into meetings and it's an icebreaker. I can be like, I'm Camilla. And she's like, I'm Camilla. And then I can be like, Camilla Squared. And then they're like, oh, cringe, get out. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> But um, all my friends take the mix. They're like, "Oh, you're only hiring Camillas," but it's not. It's that's not why. She just happened to be called Camilla. I wasn't actively seeking another me. But in answer to Steph's question, I'm gonna vote family and friends, kind of balance and people in business. Definitely, that was a good question, Steph. Yeah, Thanks, Steph. Thanks so much. Fabulous. Right, another question from Shah Med two eight three. Fab. I am in the startup phase. I get hit with imposter syndrome affecting my confidence. How do you deal? That's a good question. Mm. When me, Adam and Yona first started this business, Adam and I had very little business experience and Yona had quite a bit more than we did. And I would find myself going into meetings just having to wing it and being like, I don't really know what the expected behaviour is here. So I'm just waiting for whatever you say and then I'll react to it. And it just took time. It took time and confidence. And um, me and Ad went to a meeting together once. And um, when we came out of it, we both said to each other, wow, that was the first time we didn't blag anything. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Because in the beginning, 
people were saying, oh, do you think you could do this? And we were going like, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I, I mean, I don't think we had imposter syndrome because we knew that whatever was thrown at us, we could deal with, we would yeah. work it out, we'd find a way to do it. I don't, I don't know if I've ever suffered with imposter syndrome. I've always felt like I'm on a journey and if I don't know how to do this, I can work it out. Yeah. So like, like getting on stage and speaking, like the audiences get bigger and bigger, but you just sort of think, well, I did a small audience so I can do a bigger audience. It's still, it's yeah. still the same thing. I'm still confident in my... Yeah. I think like for me, when I started doing portrait photography, that was probably when I felt the most imposter syndrome because I'd gone from like traveling, taking photos, yeah. getting a big Instagram following and then being like, oh, I want to do portrait photography now, messaging some people and being like, chance to doing a portrait shoot when I'd never done one before. Yeah. And then that kind of like waiting for them to turn up and thinking like, they're going to think I'm a proper photographer mm. who's been doing this for years. Yeah. And I remember like the first few shoots I went on, people would ask me questions about like if they were models in the industry and stuff and they would asking me industry related things and I was just like just blagged them because I was just like I don't want to be seen as like someone who doesn't know what they're doing because this person's put their time and the trust in me that I'm going to produce something good yeah so it's a real hard one just fake it till you make it what kind of questions were they asking just kind of like um would be like terminology within the industry that I wouldn't know about um so it could be like so so for example like at the end of a shoot now I'll send over what's called a contact sheet so it'll be like like previously oh, the like, one with all the hundreds of pictures yeah, yeah. so like back okay. in the day you would have got like film rolls all scanned out and then a someone from the, the magazine saying it would go and circle the ones they wanted yeah. these days you can just kind of export them all onto a pdf so when the shoot's finished i'll send over all of the photos in a pdf so they can go through and pick the numbers that they like yeah. and so someone at the end of the first shoot someone was like oh are you going to send me through a contact sheet and i was like yeah yes i am and one then, of those yeah and i went straight home and like googled what is a contact sheet? <laughs> you wouldn't know. And would then you? like people messaging, like, like models messaging me and like, do you shoot on a TFP basis? And I was like, oh. what the fuck's a TFP? Which is like test for print or uh, kind of trade for pictures. People have got different acronyms yeah. for it. But that kind of comes down to like, that's basically like, will you do a free shoot for me? Yeah. yeah. In exchange for like, you're like, I get a model. It will improve my portfolio, improve their portfolio. Yeah. So it's like that exchange. Yeah. But yeah, the first, like when things come like that come in, I was just like, I have no idea. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that because I experienced that with Holland and Barrett, obviously. I did law at uni, so I'm not going to say I've got loads of experience in products or anything like that. So for me, I'm teaching myself as I go along. Um, so I, when I got into Holland and Barrett, they used loads of like abbreviations for words that I don't have a clue what they mean. So for ages, I was getting the sales figures um, and I thought the the girl, my buyer, thought they were really bad because she was like, wow, like um, this, you know, wow, and then this amount. And I'd be like, oh, no. And they'd be in, like, capitals, you know, and I'd be thinking, oh. Like, when, wow, is, like, sarcastic. Anyway, turns out it's week on week. So I, oh. and I was like, oh, my God. As if I was getting all, like, het up thinking that she was being like, wow, these, you know, are not good. But they were good figures. And I was thinking, yeah. why is she being like this and it came about that it meant week on week which you just wouldn't know like you know no one teaches you these things and it's a case of winging it as you go along it is and we were talking um earlier when um we were answering another question about um reading all the books before you start a business but it's like little things like that it's not going to be in a book like all the terminology and stuff you just learn that by throwing yourself into it and imposter syndrome is something that you're creating for yourself you're it because you're telling yourself i'm not 
I, I shouldn't be here. I'm going to be found out. I'm a, yeah. I'm a fraud. And really, that's only you that's saying that. And I mean, if you're if you're new in business and you don't know a terminology, like don't feel bad about that because all it is is that's something that you haven't learned yet. Mm. And I think if anyone tries to make you feel bad about something that they know that you don't know, mm. it's like, what's that about? You know, yeah. it's like what's all of point? us are born knowing zero and then we just pick up some things. And sometimes Adam will tell me something that I've never, ever heard of. Yeah. And it's like, but that's fine. You just haven't learned it yet. Yeah. I think that we were talking about earlier off mic about how if someone's asked you to come and do something, they think you're good enough. Mm-hmm. So that's the most important thing. Like if someone says, can you come and do some photos for me? Can you come and do a talk for me? Yeah. And you feel like an imposter going into that situation, like these people have had the confidence to come and ask you to do it. So they think you're good enough. So just because in yourself, you're not as good. It's like comparing your first chapter to someone else's 20th. Yeah. It's like, just because you're not the person you aspire to be, you're still good enough but someone else yeah. thinks that you're good enough. Definitely. And that stems back to the point, I've got a talk tomorrow and I was feeling a little bit nervous just due to the lineup. Um, but, you know, it's it you can't overthink it. Who's like on the bell? You, yeah, pardon? Who's on the bell? Oh, so we've got um, Pierce Linney from yeah. Dragon's Den, Rowena Bird, Lush founder, yeah. 900 million turnover, nothing big. Um, <laughs> and then um, Social Chain co-founder. Yeah. And then who else is it? Someone Grenade else. Grenade people. Grenade, oh, how could I forget? Yeah, so Alan and Juliet Barrett, who exited for 70, just a mere 72 million. And then I was joking to Adam, you know, and, and then there's me. But, <laughs> you know, it's covering a load of different entrepreneurs. You've got like one that's relatively new and then you've got others that are more established um, and I think that's good but the more you think about it and obsess about it the more you're gonna uh, cement this imposter syndrome and I don't get it a lot but I did get a little bit for this event yeah purely sure. because I've it's a little bit out of my comfort zone how are you dealing with that so you know I, I may not be the biggest person the biggest name that everyone knows but I'm invited there for a reason um, so you've just got to not overthink it and think you know everyone's focusing on their own journey. No one's actually bothered about like how you feel or no one's thinking that you're an imposter. It's That's like, the thing. It's, it's a huge opportunity because no one is going gonna, is gonna to go, what are you doing on this mm-hmm. stage? They're going to go, that sounds interesting. And maybe they might want to collaborate with you or help you even. Like it's, it's, it's an opportunity rather than seeing it as like, oh, they're, they're all going to, like, everyone's going to laugh at me or whatever. Mm. It's like, that's, that. I suppose that's where the human brain goes to, isn't it? We default to yeah. the the worst things that might happen to us because it's protect, our brain's trying to protect us from going into danger. Exactly. But really, like, you know, deep down when you think about it properly that, like, yeah, you're meant to be there and yeah. it's a good exactly. opportunity. I think, ask yourself, can you do this? Mm. And if the answer is yes, you're not an imposter. If you if someone pays you to design a website and you've never done a website before, maybe don't say yes to that. Yeah. Then you're going to feel like an imposter. But so if you feel like yes, I can do this, yeah. then you're not an imposter and have that mindset of like, can I do this? Yeah. Yes. And if he's feeling like he's getting imposter syndrome, he's already a step ahead of those who aren't even putting themselves in a position to be an imposter. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So already you've come a lot further than those who aren't even out of their comfort zones enough to feel that way. So give yourself a pat on the back for having those feelings. Yeah, Um, self-awareness. Yeah, it means that you're actually doing something a bit scary and good things don't come yeah. from comfort zones. Exactly. Favourite little cliche. But yeah, just don't overthink it. That's what I would say. I've forgotten his username, but 